Welcome to Open Access. I am Tamara Young-Allen. Today our guest is Commissioner Mark Christie, who joined FERC in January. Commissioner Christie is no stranger to the complexity and the importance of regulatory matters. He served three terms on the Virginia State Corporation Commission, most recently as chairman of that commission. Today marks his first appearance on Open Access, and we're really glad he's here. Welcome to the podcast, Commissioner. Thank you, Tamara, and I'm very glad to be here and very glad to be here at FERC. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. To hear everyone in the FERC universe speak, this is an interesting time to be at FERC. Everything seems to be on the cusp of change. The changing power generation mix, a more focused attention on the intersection of climate and energy, and the intense concentration on cybersecurity within the energy industry. Of all of these, what do you think is the most important? I think the most important are two things called, first is reliability, and second is cost to consumers. Those are my two priorities, um, and they're going to continue to be focused, a part of the focus here at FERC. But uh, I've said from the beginning that my, my, two, my two biggest priorities are, first of all, reliable power supply, because people in America expect 24-7, 365 power, and that's the number one job we have. And then the second thing is making sure that the costs are, are uh, as low as they can be uh, and, and making sure that, that consumers are protected. That's very interesting. Next, let's talk about your extensive state regulatory expertise. You are one of a pretty impressive line of FERC commissioners over the years who have had experience at the state level. You served on the Virginia Commission for 17 years, so that's a pretty deep level of expertise. Yet, there's always talk of trying to improve the relationship between FERC and the states. So my question to you is, do you have suggestions for the ways FERC and the states may work together to ensure a reliable and safe gas and electric grid? Good question. And I've known a lot of the state regulators in the past who've gone to FERC. Colette Honorable, I've known her very well. What a, what a wonderful person. Uh, Tony Clark, for example, really, really great person. And so I've, I, as a state commissioner, I had occasion to, to deal with a lot of the, the state colleagues who went on to FERC. And, and those are two of my favorites, Colette and uh, Tony. You know, I think it starts with, from the FERC standpoint, is to respect that the, each state is different and to respect that state regulators know their state better than I'm ever going to know as a federal regulator. Uh, every state has different challenges. Every state has different needs. And I think that, that the best way for FERC and the states to get along is you, is you start at FERC with the, with the understanding that respect the state regulators and understand that they know their states better than we ever will. And that's where, and that's where it begins. Uh, obviously, FERC has a responsibility to enforce federal law. Uh, FERC has federal responsibilities that are very important. But I think from a, from a standpoint of a state of mind, we start from the standpoint of just having that basic respect and basic, basic deference to, to state regulators in each state and, and understanding that they know their states better than we do. What is the most valuable aspect of your state-level expertise that you are bringing to FERC? Since you've been at FERC, have you found that your state regulatory experience comes in handy? Well, absolutely. Uh, I think the biggest single thing I learned in 17 years is um, I learned how much I don't know. And this is a very complicated area, utility regulation. And you can't be in it for long. And, and the longer you're in it, the more you know what you do not know. Uh, you learn a lot, but you also learn what you don't know. And so you learn to be very um, 
cautious and very uh, humble uh, in, in exercising your authority. And another thing I learned at the state level was that's where I learned that there are 49 other states and they're all different from Virginia and they all have different challenges. And I'm never going to know as much as the regulators in California or New York or South Dakota, Texas. I'm never going to know as much as they know about their own state and their own challenges. And so I bring that with me to FERC is that knowledge about how much I don't know and and I need to be careful and, and listen and learn. And depend on staff. We have a great staff here at FERC. Uh, I've, I've been here, I guess, four months now, maybe going on five. And uh, I am incredibly impressed with the quality of the staff here at FERC. We had a great staff in Virginia, and I was I was blessed in Virginia with having a great staff. And I, and I, I depended on them the whole time I was there. And uh, FERC staff is also outstanding. I can see that already. And so that's what I bring from the states, is, you know, respect for staff, respect for other state regulators, and basically just a humility at, at understanding how much there is in this whole complex world of utility regulation uh, that I just don't know. And I need to try to depend on people who do. Importantly, your state experience extends to an increasingly prominent issue FERC faces, certification of pipeline projects. State regulators also deal with these matters. So you have a lot of experience dealing with landowners and environmental concerns. Is there anything in the state regulatory experience that you think could translate to the federal regulatory experience in this area? Yeah, absolutely. You know, in 17 years as a state regulator, I sat on literally hundreds of certificate proceedings. We didn't have a factual hearing on every one of them. Some of them came up to us from a um, hearing examiner, which is our version of the ALJ. But I ruled on literally hundreds of certificate proceedings. And the thing about a certificate proceeding, and most of ours were, were transmission line. Uh, FERC does the gas pipelines, the interstate gas pipelines. Most of the ones you do at the state level, you're doing uh, electric power lines. But we also did gas pipelines as long as they were within the borders of Virginia. They were intrastate. So we did a lot of certificate proceedings. And the thing I learned from all those certificate proceedings is Make sure you give the public full notice of the proceeding. Make sure you allow for robust intervention and allow for robust participation by the public and by interested groups. We were very liberal in our rules on uh, intervention uh, and standing. We, we let uh, almost any organization in that wanted to come in. And, um, and so you, you let the public in. You make sure you have good participation. You litigate the case fully. You have a full evidentiary record. You thoroughly uh, build a strong evidentiary record. And then you make a ruling of law based on the record and applying the law to the, to the facts. And then when you come out with a decision, if you approve the certificate, and I approve very, uh, you know, literally hundreds, then you stand behind it. As a regulator, you stand behind it and obviously, people have the right to appeal, and they get the right to appeal to a higher to a higher court. But what you don't do is is you don't continue to relitigate and relitigate and allow collateral attacks and and turn it into an unending uh, legal circus. That's what you do not do. Um, and so that's what I learned in 17 years and hundreds of cases of of cases. And believe me. Uh, 
gas pipelines are controversial. You all know that here at FERC. Um, the, you know, obviously it's a very controversial issue. But I've sat in high school gyms where hundreds of people are yelling at me over a power line. So, you know, gas pipelines are not the only controversial infrastructure problem, uh, infrastructure project. Believe me, people don't want to look at a 765 kV power line either uh, out, the, out their back window. And they will come out by the hundreds and pack high school gyms to, to oppose those. And I've sat through those. So it just goes with the territory. Uh, you know, our job as regulator, of course, if 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 a power line or a or a gas pipeline or is needed, if it's needed to serve the public, you know, you, and, and the evidence is there, then you have to um, follow the law. And if if the need is there, you prove it. But they are going to be controversial because, for obvious reasons, people take very seriously what they, you know, when you're affecting their property or and, and in the pipeline case, I mean, pardon me, in the power line case. It really wasn't so much the exercise of eminent domain. Um, uh, many of the many of the power lines that we approved were actually brownfield, uh, what we called wreck and rebuilds. They were simply being built within an existing right of way, so there wasn't even a um, an eminent domain issue. But a seven sixty five line, you know, on on a large uh, uh, cantilever uh, type of gantry, um, you've seen these. Uh, they're big. They're tall. Um, and they can be seen for five, six miles away. So these property owners, they're not having imminent domain used against them, but they still can look at it and see it, and they're going to come out and complain too. So it's just the nature of these, these proceedings. So litigate them fully, make a good decision based on a strong factual record, and then stand behind your decision. That's what I learned. I know you've only been at FERC for a few months, but do you have any goals for your term at FERC or any particular issues on which you'd like to focus? Yeah, I would just return to the to the two priorities that I said at the beginning. I, I think reliability is job one, you know, the old Ford motor commercial, uh, the truck commercial. Uh, reliability is job one. We have got to do everything we can within our jurisdiction to make sure that Americans get uh, electric power on a 24-7, 365 basis. Now, Obviously, there's going to be outages. Uh, you're not going to have perfection, but the goal needs to be reliability at that scale because that's what people expect. So reliability is my first priority. My second priority, again, is I'm very focused on costs, the cost to consumers. You know, as a state regulator for 17 years, I set retail rates. And in retail rate cases, when you set retail rates, you know that what you're doing is going to show up in real people's bills right away. And at FERC, of course, we set wholesale rates. We don't do retail rates. But one thing I bring as a state regulator is I saw time and again that what FERC does in the wholesale area affects what people pay in their retail rates. And so I'm fully aware of that, and, and I bring that sensibility with me, and I intend to be paying a lot of attention, a whole lot of attention, to what things cost and what the effects of FERC's actions are in people's bills. Finally, uh, would you share a little more about yourself and your interest? You are a well-known fan of Spinal Tap, the seminal 1984 mockumentary chronicling a fateful tour of England's loudest rock band. Do you see any lessons for either FERC or the regulated in energy industry in that tale? And more importantly, have you had a chance yet to insert any Spinal Tap references in any of your FERC statements? Well, if you ever see me refer to turning the dial up to 11, you'll know that came from Spinal Tap. Um, and um, that's one of my favorite scenes in Spinal Tap. And uh, 
uh, lawyers who practiced in front of me in Virginia, uh, uh, actually one of them said in, the, in, a, in a media story uh, that I was always inserting uh, references to, he called it obscure movies uh, or, or books into, um, you know, things I would say in court. And, and my response to that was, well, if, if you don't know those, if you don't know Casablanca or if you don't know Waiting for Godot, if you don't know these movies, that's your problem. Um, yeah, they may be somewhat obscure, although I don't think Casablanca is. I would refer to books, plays, movies, and it's just uh, – it's really not planned. It's totally ad lib. Um, and uh, uh, But see, in Virginia, we spend a lot of time in the courtroom, and the courtroom lends itself to the back and forth with attorneys. And so I would just frequently throw out references or, or you know, line, you know, lines from movies uh, just because they seemed to fit the situation. And so I'm, I'm, I do a lot of ad-libbing. Um, and here at FERC, of course, we don't really spend that much. We don't spend any time in the courtroom. I mean, we have our monthly meeting, but other than that, we don't we, we're not really in the courtroom. So I don't know how much opportunity I will have, but uh, it's just something with me that uh, if a, if a book I read or a movie I saw or a play I saw, uh, comes to mind on spur of the moment, um, you know, I just tend to throw it in there. Okay. Well, that's very interesting. Thank you so much for joining us today, Commissioner Christie. We hope to have you again uh, soon on a future podcast. So thanks so much for your participation today. All right, Tamara. Appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. I'm glad to be here at FERC. Great. Thanks so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. FERC is an independent regulatory agency that oversees the interstate transmission of electricity, natural gas, and oil, reviews proposals to build interstate natural gas pipelines and liquefied natural gas terminals, and oversees the licensing of non-federal hydropower projects. FERC protects the reliability of the high-voltage interstate transmission system through mandatory reliability standards, and it monitors interstate energy markets to ensure that everyone in those markets is playing by the rules. Unless otherwise noted, the views expressed in these podcasts are personal views and do not necessarily express the views of individual commissioners or the commission as a whole. The podcast is a production of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission Office of External Affairs. We'll be updating our posts when we've got news, so be sure to check out our website, www.ferc.gov, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to find out when our next podcast airs.